0: Hi, Brett Chang, and this is your Peak Daily for Wednesday, September 13th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. PeakPal Spotify dropped a new personalized playlist called Daylist that changes throughout the day to match what music you typically listen to at that time. Now, each new mix will have a title reflecting your mood at different points in the day, like yearning ethereal Tuesday morning, or anxious, exhausted, Why is the clock moving so dang slow Friday afternoon? I need one, which is wake up. It's the morning and it needs to be heavy, intense stuff so I can get my day going. Otherwise, I'll just sleep. And so I need something like that. So they can do something that can help me wake up. I'm all in on this new Spotify idea. Now, Pete Pals, we got a great episode for you today for our first story, new iPhone, new problems. For our second story, Ottawa Ponders International Student Puzzle. And for our last story, Amazon Goes Green-ish. For our first story, Apple held its latest product event yesterday, dubbed Wonderlust, to pitch shiny new toys they hope will help them navigate unusually choppy waters. The marquee release of the event was undoubtedly the iPhone 15. The two top-of-the-line versions of Apple's latest phone, the Pro and Pro Max, have cutting-edge features that Apple hopes will make them a must-have, even as smartphone sales slump. Aside from being Apple's most powerful smartphones ever, a phrase that now seems as old as time itself, the Pro and Pro Max 15 have titanium bodies instead of stainless steel ones, feature a new action button replacing the ringer switch, and for all you wearable heads out there, the company also rolled out new and improved makes of the Apple Watch and Apple Watch Ultra. This all matters because the product rollout comes at an important moment for the tech giant as it faces increased regulatory scrutiny and cracks in its relationship with China, its second largest market, challenges that are reflected in its flagship product itself. The iPhone has dropped its longtime Lightning port to comply with the EU's Common Charger Directive, which makes the standard USB-C port mandatory for a range of devices. Some of the new batch of iPhones will also be made in India rather than China, making the first time that a latest generation Indian-made product will be available on the first day of sale. And here's the bottom line. Ultimately, Apple is still Apple. Even as sales falter, it has still managed to increase its share of total smartphones sold over the past five years. For a second story, the federal government is rolling up the welcome mat for international students and maybe sticking it in a storage bin for a while. Several federal cabinet ministers have floated options to reduce the number of international students at Canada's universities and colleges, part of an effort to do something about out-of-control housing costs. Around 807,000 international students studied at Canadian colleges and universities last year, up from 239,000 in 2011. The availability of student and rental housing in and around campuses has not increased proportionally, causing shortages and driving up prices. Situation has become bad enough that students at multiple colleges have been discovered sleeping on the street. Headlines like that have pushed the feds to come up with answers, like capping student visas. One possibility raised by Housing Minister Sean Frazier is a hard cap on the number of post-secondary students admitted from overseas. Another idea is prioritizing trusted institutions. Immigration Minister Mark Miller has suggested speeding up study permits for international students attending trusted institutions that offer more resources to students from abroad. And the last opportunity is to limit work opportunities for international students. Rules around where and how much international students can work were relaxed in the mid-2000s, making it possible to work off-campus for up to 20 hours per week. Rolling back these changes could make coming to Canada to study less attractive. But Colleges and universities have become dependent on international students who pay significantly higher tuition than domestic students. They do this to fund their operations and limit that revenue stream. Any limits to that revenue stream will strain their finances. In Ontario, international students account for a greater share of college's operating income than domestic students and the provincial government combined. Now to zoom out... Admitting fewer international students may relieve some demand in the rental market, but it will come with trade-offs. Higher tuition for domestic students to offset revenue losses, as an example. For a third story, in an effort to offset the environmental impact of its business and its founders' 417 $500 million superyacht, Amazon is getting into the carbon-captured game. So Amazon has made its first investment in direct air capture technology, DAC, purchasing 250,000 tons of carbon removal credits over 10 years from 1.5, a DAC plant in Texas. Firms like 1.5 generate carbon credits by sucking CO2 out of the atmosphere with DAC technology and then sell those credits to companies like Amazon that are looking to offset part of their carbon footprint. The deal was one of the largest corporate carbon removal purchases and comes just a week after Microsoft agreed to buy credits from Heirloom to remove 315,000 tons of CO2. This is all happening because Amazon's carbon footprint last year amounted to 71.27 million metric tons of CO2 equivalent, the highest emissions among the big five tech companies. Buying removal credits is one of the ways Amazon can get closer to its goal of hitting net zero emissions by 2040. And this all matters because Amazon and Microsoft's investment in carbon capture as part of their transition to net zero signals a potential path forward for DAC to become economically viable in spite of the technology being unproven on a large scale. In addition to the two tech giants backing DAC, the U.S. government announced in April that it will award up to $1.2 billion for two consortiums to create commercial-scale DAC hubs. But DAC technology still isn't close to being able to scale up its operations at a cost that would make it a viable option for companies that don't have Microsoft or Amazon's resources, which is basically all of them. Some experts are concerned that companies will use DAC to mask their own growing emissions, as opposed to using it to offset the damage they've already done. Which brings us to the bottom line. There will need to be a lot more investments like this for DAC to become a real solution in the fight against climate change. And even then, it's far from a guarantee. Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to business news podcast in Canada. If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review? And if you want more Peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. Thanks Peak Pals and have a great Wednesday.